0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Homespun Yak. Kyle and I have a guest that we've had before on the podcast. His name is Will Haynes. He's our resident geographer. So, Will, where is China? China. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was the
1: pronunciation from Trump's point of view. But, uh, yep, he's back on. He's our resident political scientist, geographer, and historian. And maybe we want to start off where we left off last podcast and get his opinion on when the worst time in history was to be alive. Yes, that's a really and good we'll, question. We'll hand it off to Will.
2: Uh, I do remember that, yeah. That was a good subject, that and all the Would You Rather music choices. Uh, <laughs> I think my worst part in history to live probably would be, I, I don't know, we got to sort of, some rules on this but you guys decided to be white people i found that rather (laughs) interesting because i would always think i mean looking back in history it would be uh either well you said you would be white guys right it would be a lady and it would be someone of color who was probably put into slavery right like freedom would be the nicest thing to have once that's removed it'd be the worst time in history So if the parameters are a white guy, you know, 30, 35 years old, I would obviously pick somewhere where there wasn't electricity, there wasn't freedom of speech, religion, things like that. So if you couldn't say like the cave times and stuff, I think it would be, for me, an English person, would be the ninth century, being an Anglo-Saxon and living on the east coast of England, And then all the viking invasions you know the raids of your villages your monasteries burned down all the women raped you taken into slavery you know that would be absolutely horrific
0: that's a good answer i think uh kyle and i were also talking about uh, the black death like during the the time of the black death I think that was, a, that was a factor for us as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. But that was more of a, I don't know, 25, 30-year stretch and only maybe two or three years of the really huge fatality rate. And afterwards, you've mm-hmm. got to think about that's what gave way to the Renaissance. You know, So the, the population in some places was reduced by 50%, other places 10 right. 20%. And these are such drastic numbers that there was great opportunity afterwards. So if you're a merchant or something and you had a trade lane and the other three guys died at your competition afterwards, <laughs> you were so rich and you, you know, if you married well, of your family like these people became like aristocrats in the 16th, 17th, 18th century. So you got to think of it. There's kind of two sides to every coin, but on, on the deaths, yeah, it was awful. But afterwards, it was massive opportunity, and not just for that m- almost middle class rising up, but it, for everyone. It was it was a lot better times.
0: That's that's really interesting. I definitely did not consider that at all. Uh, Kate, you mentioned real quick that there was there was like a few year period where there was like mass death, and then but although it lasted like twenty or thirty
2: years, like do you, do you have an idea as to why that might be? I just think that loads of people died of it and they kind of understood, right? So at the first no one took notice of it. Pretty, if we we don't learn from history, same sort of thing. Uh, It was heavily in cities, obviously. In the countryside, it wasn't as bad at all. Exactly, if you look Mm -hmm. at geographically, the US now, you know, New York, Detroit, Chicago, New Orleans, Atlanta, the cities and metropolitan areas have the death rates and Wyoming, Utah, Montana, hardly anyone's died right it makes complete sense so it's the same thing in Europe like Venice was hit hard then where I went to university was Norwich in England close to the coast textile industry the fleas I kind of stayed on the textiles on these ships when they came off these mm. port towns were heavily hit it was it kind of makes sense like that and it was a very drastic and very quickly Uh, over a five-year period starting in the east obviously on the trade route and then wherever a vessel went or a big caravan i guess an inland road supply chain where the cities that they hit they were decimated but it wasn't like a an entire hundred year of a 14th century it wasn't even like a 50-year period It was more like a five-year complete death but really every city only taking one or two years Do you? Uh, I'm not. I'm
0: not too educated on this particular aspect. Do you, for the Black Death was that also prevalent in other areas other than Europe, like Africa, for example?
2: I'm not so sure about Africa. Obviously, in Asia is where it began, um, but in Africa there weren't really as much open trade other than like the the East Coast. What you'd think of now is like Tanzania, Somalia, Kenya. That was kind of like a an arab dominated east coast trade with ivory and stuff like that going to asia europe so i mean that probably had an impact but the most of africa if you look at the size of the continent that wouldn't have been as affected as much because they were pretty regionalized and they they didn't have as much trade with the rest of the world i mean globalization back in the 14th century is nothing like here you know just had to have one person on a flight from Shanghai to Seattle, and that's how the coronavirus can start in the US. But obviously, back then, when there's not these trade routes, there's going to be less of a globalized impact for a virus or a disease.
0: Yeah. And I imagine they didn't have any 5G towers either. So, yeah, none that of those helped. Allegedly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> i saw i saw this picture that this person posted it's clearly Photoshop, but it's like uh the year is 1918 obviously with the whole spanish flu and whatnot and in the background they photoshopped a, a tower and it's a 1g tower <laughs> and they're like the capture is like open your eyes <laughs> and people have actually shared it like in in like because oh, ser- obviously yeah. they color graded it yeah, so it looks like black and white and whatnot. Oh, my God, it's so funny.
1: Well, kind of got the history portion uh, out of the way, but now let's move on to more of a current affair. Yeah. And first off, I want to just tell you, Nick, you ain't black. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that would be a fair assessment uh, in in a number. If you don't of know ways, who to vote for, <laughs> then you ain't black. Uh, it's that was that was remarkable. Do you do you want to go into a bit of detail on what exactly happened? Because I will admit, I did not actually see the interview. I just read an article oh, okay. real quick on
1: it. Well, he's on the show called The Breakfast Club, which is like a really popular radio show. I think it's now been converted to a podcast as well but it's this guy uh, Charlemagne the God Charlemagne the God Um, no I don't think he's a rapper he's just always been a big radio personality and obviously um, extremely popular voice in the black community in America and he has people on all the time whether it be in the music world, acting, you know, mostly celebrities, but obviously politicians as well. And he had Joe Biden on, and they were, he was basically asking him, like, pretty tough questions about, like, what if, you know, here's your record um, as far as influencing the black community in your time in the Senate and your political yeah. history and... What are like? Here are the good things. Here are the bad things. Why did you do this? Why'd you do that? What are you going to do if you become president to fix these issues we're seeing in society um, for the black community? And he was like, you know, Joe Biden felt like maybe flustered. I don't know. And he's like, I have to go. Sorry. And he's like, well, well, we want to have you back on like in person if you come to New York soon, um, because I want to ask you a lot more questions because we didn't really get to talk about everything I want to talk about. And he's like, oh, look at my record, man. Like, if you don't know who to vote for by this point, well, you ain't black. And he's like, Uh, okay, it's not... (laughs) So, you know, he's like, if you have to decide between Trump and myself, then you ain't black, which is not how joe biden a talks in the first place so that's kind of like a little suspect there he's on a black show and he's you know throwing out sort of slang i don't know it just seemed weird the way he was talking as well but um definitely not not a good look for uh for
0: joseph <laughs> for joseph <laughs> yeah will any thoughts any input
2: uh i had a little chat just on the drive here to talk to carl about this but i mean i went to university to study political science i've never actually voted here i've said that before i just i just can't be excited about either candidate or what a change would be i mean literally one guy saying there'll be no change and the other guy is a complete disaster and i've never (laughs) seen a country so powerful with two people with such ineptitude these guys are idiots both of them they literally are and you could have someone from the republicans and someone from the democrats there would be exponentially a better candidate and for somehow they can't get a voice on their party's platform and it's a really really scary time and right now like this is a monumentous decision and people should be energized that there's going to be an amazing change and the country's going to get better and we've gone through the worst economic crisis hopefully we'll ever live through in our generation and still we're not excited for what could happen you know universal healthcare was a joke six months ago when Andrew Yang brought it up in all the debates and now everyone thinks well our age thinks it's quite a good idea but it's going to be Mm. squashed by both of these guys I just I can't be happy about what's going to happen in November
0: because you you don't feel that they're representative of what the peop like the 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 population in general actually wants
2: yeah i I really don't I think when you've got three hundred and twenty five million people, obviously two individuals can't represent all of those views, right they can't, and I would say I'm far more left than what Biden would stand by. Hopefully there's not too many people more right from what Trump stands by, but I'm sure there are. But there's so many people, we'd call them, what, the centrists, and they probably can't decide between the two. They can't align their ideology between someone who's going to openly support the KKK, and then is Biden really going to be much better? Hopefully he will, but also the threat is that both these guys could die look how old they are just without this (laughs) coronavirus going on like are they going to have a good vice president pence is he really going to be a president you want no like whoever biden chooses is going to be the big decision in this election i would say
1: yeah Hmm. yeah i i I agree whoever his choice is but i i just think it's kind of I don't know. It's all it's just all a game now because he announced before he even knew who it was that it's like this is just going to be a woman and probably a woman of color which is totally fine but you you just admitted right there that you're picking someone solely on the basis of you know trying to get numbers to beat Trump. It's it's like are yeah. we really trying to pick someone because they are the most qualified and they'll do the best job or is it because we want to appear that we're this way when in reality it's going to be the same old story and we just want to trick people into voting for us just to beat this guy we we probably know we can't beat him just by ourselves because we're so weak we just want to i don't know it's just uh it's strange to see that play out in the media as well because i've been really looking into um his recent you know the interview we just talked about and obviously like the fox news is and the conservative uh outlets are really jumping on it like you know can you believe he said this blah 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 and then the the left um leaning outlets are like it's not that big of a deal people are making people's responses are are much more damning than his actual words on the show and It would be completely flipped if Trump, you know, said that as well. So it's just, it's crazy to see how straight down the middle, at least the news is anyway. So you just can't really read. There's not a lot of sources that I have a lot of trust in because you can clearly now more than ever see how biased people are. And news is really supposed to be something that's unbiased in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that was a really good point you you brought up that he he announced the the gender and the skin color or at least the gender maybe the skin color as well of the person that he was going to to uh, have as as his VP, which completely throws things off because then you're not at all evaluating them based off of their previous track record or anything of that nature so um that uh, that would certainly raise some some red flags for me as well because then like you said it's it's it is just pandering it's trying to just pull in numbers and not necessarily saying that this person if something were to happen to me or just having them around is gonna make me or make the establishment make the government more successful as a result yeah i
1: think people are just banking on the idea that they're they're voting more for joe biden's potential cabinet rather than joe biden because i don't care you know if you're the biggest democrat in the world like you're lying if you're saying this that you're excited for joe biden like if you're really engaged and seeing what he's saying and doing you know you can't obviously you you would likely want trump out but The prospect of Joe Biden being your guy is not as exciting as it, you know, some anyone else would have been,
2: probably. Yeah, I think, sadly, there were some good candidates from the Democrats this time. There really, truly were. And they seem to be doing quite well in the primaries. And then for some reason, everything dropped off and everyone, everyone dropped out and all of those votes kind of went over to Biden because they, you know, allegedly supported him. It seemed a very shady process for the rest of the world looking at anyway, just reading BBC or something, probably the media I'd say say is more in the middle than, than what, I don't know, CNN, MSNBC versus Fox would be here, even though I completely can't even trust the bbc anymore like i did as a child because you can understand that one of those articles is written by one or two people and they have ideas and they're not even trying to you know subliminally put those messages in there that are just exerting their opinion and you read that article and you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt and digest the information who wrote it why did they write it what they're trying to get out of it but most people just read a headline it's catchy that clickbait sort of joe rogan sort of esque media that he always talks about and it's hard to trust and for these debates they're going to be a joke right one guy is going to call one guy fat the other guy calls someone old and a hair sniffer even if these things are true we want to understand what their ideology is what do they represent What do they want to achieve? And we won't see any of that. We'll just see the stupid sound bites that they're not even their own. They're not coming up with them on the spot. These are pre-written things that sounds catchy, that everyone did. Elizabeth Warren did it in the Democratic debates. Bernie did it. Biden did it. That's the new style of debating because people aren't even bothered to watch a two-hour debate anymore. They want to watch Monday Night Football. They don't care about the debates. They'll read it on the social media the next day and it'll say Trump won and they'll watch a 30 second clip and it it looked like he knew what he's talking about it's because someone wrote those lines for him if you watch the two hours you'll see the travesty it'll be
1: Hmm. yeah it'll be and the only way they can get people to tune into debates now because people's attention spans are so short is to make it more like a you know argument reality show, like Comedy Central Roast, you know, which is what it became last time, you know, and now that's the only way to get people tuned in because, I don't know, just the the short attention spans, the way social media has programmed a lot of people's brains to be constantly looking for negativity and drama, basically, and that's what it's become. So...
0: Yeah, we don't have great candidates for sure. I uh, it's true. I mean, people's attention span is definitely decreased. Well, I guess I guess it's decrease. A lot of people keep saying that. I don't I don't necessarily know if that's true. Or if people, especially in this situation, if people have uh, have just kind of gravitated towards Trump's style of just insulting people, and they find that entertaining, and therefore uh, they they find him interesting. Um, but I think that speaks to people's I mean, if I can be so bold as to say people's intelligence then. Like if they're if they're tricked by the idea of somebody who just insults the other candidates and that is entertaining, therefore it equals that's a good candidate because he keeps quote unquote winning the arguments by just hurling really well thought out and they're not even well thought out, but let's just assume well thought out um insults as opposed to, to just addressing uh issues, you know, you're you're nasty, nasty woman or, you know, whatever it might be, like just keep saying stuff like that. Yeah, for sound bites.
1: <clears throat> right. Yeah. But yeah, on on social media it is it is interesting to see how plain the divide is between people that I know even personally what people are posting on the left and on the right I mean it's like someone posted something like you know a picture of a letter that their neighbor posted on everyone's door and it was his like long drawn out apology of like I made a mistake in 2016 I voted for Trump and this is what I was thinking back then but now I've seen the error in my ways and i'm gonna i'm gonna be a better person and and you know vote against him and i encourage you to do the same thing and mm. i mean on one level i get it but on another one it's just like all i'm reading is like look at me look at me and i don't know right. it just it's just weird that you would post that <laughs> I, I i don't know It's like, just know that in, in your heart and then just go with it privately it's just like you're just doing this for attention so social media has really given people a lot of freedom to post a lot of their personal and intimate things. That it's fine. I mean, you're you're legally allowed to do that, but you're just kind of exposing yourself as a little bit selfish, maybe. Hot take.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's your take, uh, Nick? on the the biden interview
2: well not just a biden interview i guess just the choices I, this is what i'd say right if someone came up with an amazing plan like mitch mcconnell if he came up with a plan to save trillions of dollars and and keep medicare and, and do everything do a, do an amazing economic plan and transformation tried to push it through the senate would all the democrats vote for it probably not some people will be so against him even if it was the best plan ever if a plan came from the left and it came through the house would all the senate try and support it from the republican side probably not it's got to a point in this country where if it comes from a republican viewpoint you have to vote no if it comes from a democrat viewpoint you got to vote no if you're the other party that's just not how it should be and we always talk about this oh for bipartisan politics we'll Hmm. get this done for the greater good of the country like i don't see any evidence of that occurring in this last decade i really don't and is it going to continue when it's driving the country apart into two polar opposites no it's not is it and that's a really really big problem and with a time like this there should be a united front like it shouldn't have taken so long to pass some of the legislation to help people economically that couldn't pay rent they lost their jobs but we're at a point now where there's these two polar opposites they're complete extremes and when someone comes to an idea the other side immediately jumps on it and and shows all the negatives even if i mean when you make a choice people aren't always going to like it but and it's not always going to have great outcomes but hopefully the outcomes on one side outweigh the negatives on the other but Whatever happens now, one party just shows that one negative and blows it up all over social media, in the media, on the Senate floor debating when they're looking past all of the great things that could be done with a bill that comes into play.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I I tend to... I found myself in the past incredibly allergic to the idea of politics in general, and I, I never which is which is certainly my fault but i never really kept up with politics because of just because i knew the environment that it was like the the fact that it was so one-sided i mean both sides just stuck to their side regardless of what the other side might bring to the table and uh that that really irritated me uh at the time and it still irritates me now as i'm actually educating myself uh on kind of the goings-on of what's going on in in the political sphere so yeah, and especially as a as a scientist, you. It's it's so foreign. It's it's like literally the exact opposite. You know, as scientist, you, you get presented with new data, and it it can come from a different group that's studying the same thing, that's trying to accomplish the same thing that you are, and you just kind of, look at the data, and then you think, oh, okay, so I got to change my mind. You know, because the the data is in front of me. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a perfect world. So there's certainly uh, bias in science as well, but the, the idea that if you, you know, somebody comes up with a better idea or they become, they come up with a better explanation for something that you end up changing your perspective that you had to that, because that's the, the data just supports that hypothesis, su- supports that mm-hmm. thought process. But with politics, uh, you, you can you can have a group that brings up a point that maybe even incorporates a lot of the points that the that the other side might bring up but because it's it, like the idea of actually working together and trying to work on something to come up with the best possible conclusion is it It seems like it's becoming less and less of a reality. It's just like we it, it's almost very predictable, right like you know that things are gonna pass that are democratic you know through the House of Representatives, and then just like this new stimulus bill right, and it's gonna get to the Senate and mitch <laughs> Mitch-y Man has already said. Uh, no, we're gonna, we're gonna strike that down. Like immediately, like just no reading, nothing just we're it's done. Like we're, we're not doing it. And that's, I mean, I don't even want to hear a, a person talk like that in politics. Like I don't want a person to immediately say, no, that's not getting through. Like I would want somebody who's, who's trying to be unbiased to try and do what's best for the country to say something along the lines of, you know, I, I feel at first glance that this probably won't pass, but you know, we'll work on it. And we'll see what we can do with, with the other side, with, with the Democrats and see what we can kind of trim away and what we can add and, and try and make it work in some way um, instead of just outright just saying no without even having read it. Um, I'm assuming he hadn't read it at that point because he said it pretty early on. Yeah, I think even before it passed the, the House of Representatives, he was already um, jumping all over and saying that it, it wasn't gonna be a possibility
1: yeah I mean I just I I totally understand that there are different beliefs and different groups along the political spectrum from left to right that have their base beliefs and ideas Um, but I just wish that people could recognize other people's points along that spectrum and maybe try to work it in with their own beliefs or try to come up with more compromises or share opinions. Hey, like, I don't, I don't know about this or, you know, this isn't what we stand for, but what are the reasons that you believe so strongly that that would work? And maybe we could come up with some sort of compromise and with the two party system, which obviously is not representative of, you know, what a good, balanced political system should be because there's so many different political parties you can be affiliated with that have just as much uh, things to say just as many things to say that are valid as well and I just hate that people are so team and group oriented just along Mm -hmm. the line like like you said with Mitch McConnell like we're shutting it down because it's blue you know, we're not even really going to look into it because we just we want to get those guys because they got us on something, and we're just going to shut yeah. them down if we can. It's just like we're on the same bigger team here. Like it's not like you know you're going to win because you're just constantly uh, digging into one another and shutting one another down. It's like at a certain point you have to recognize the differences as potential to be something that could uh bring us closer together in the long run um and just share open share ideas more open and honestly but people want to people want their team to win they want to you know everybody in in washington seems to be bought and sold pretty easily and i just wish that there were more parties with more representation so you can get a more diverse spectrum of ideas across the board Um, like other I mean there's plenty of other countries that have a lot more representation uh, on that level that seem to have a lot more obviously heated but still it's a conversation it's a debate it's not just you're shut down because you're different it's like we'll hear you out at least
0: yeah yeah do you think that it's possible for for humans to have a government where they don't necessarily look at it from a my side has to win i mean within the government structure that we have it's right it's like democrats and republicans so if you identify as republican or if you identify as democrat i mean i'm, I'm being really generalizing but um the idea being that a person identifies as that therefore they're like oh yeah I, i'm i'm totally going to go against everything democrat or anything blue like you mentioned <clears throat> and i'm totally just going to go for for anything that's republican so the that i mean in my mind i'm thinking well is it even possible for human beings to to not have this to to eventually devolve into this level of just if it's blue it's bad if it's red it's good or you know vice versa do you think that's actually possible
1: uh i mean yeah i think but at the end of the day humans are tribal people but i think you know i mean us three here i think we're a good example of, you know, obviously we have our beliefs and we probably prefer certain sides to another side and just, you know, innately think some things that people are saying are just wrong. But at the same time, you're not afraid to call out BS on maybe the side that you have a preference toward as well. If if they say something wrong, you're just not going to blindly follow along. But um I don't know, right now it seems definitely like a 50-50 split, but I don't know if Will has anything to contribute.
2: So in most countries of the world, other than if you got like an autocratic centralized government, like a China or something, most countries have a, either a coalition or of many parties, or just many parties, and one larger party has the higher percentage volume in the vote, and their leader of that party is the leader of the country in government. And then it comes with ebbs and flows, right? Like the popularity movement within a people, they could either vote for like a Green Party, like a sort of environmental party. Like I'm just using England as an example here, like a, a Labour Party, Conservative, Liberal Democrats. These are all different parties and you don't always have to vote the same way every time. You vote based on the movement of that party within the last four or five years. Have they done things that you've agreed to? Have they... Have they formed a coalition with another g- party that you didn't like because of X, Y, Z? Like what, what do they believe in now? You don't always just go, I'm gonna vote labor every single time for the next 20 votes until the time I die. That's not how most of the world right. works. But in America, you've mm-hmm. only got two extremes. So you kind of have to get stuck in the trenches. There's not many people that are really completely down the middle and will vote republican one time democrat at the other those sort of people are more i would say economically driven so people that maybe would have a more liberal viewpoint but they have so much money that they love trump's tax cuts so they want to be richer and they're completely driven financially and have no concern for other people those are those are the people that really influenced the last election a lot a lot of educated white people went to universities now university is kind of a breeding ground for liberalism right uh the people that went to college in the 90s that now have money and uh, doctors lawyers ceos those sort of people a lot of them influence politics and they chose to go with trump instead of you know the democratic choice hillary clinton because not just because she's unlikable but they thought they could have more wealth they've when they trade their st- their stocks they've got less of a hit financially like those are reasons that i really don't like in politics right you should not just go emotionally but you should think of other people other than yourself when you vote and if you vote only looking after yourself looking after your family then really bad terrible things can happen and throughout the course of history obviously there's many examples of that happening
0: yeah and that's exactly the point of society right like you the the point of society is not to just be thinking about yourself to try and be thinking about other people and and even like even potential situations that you you might fall in or that your family might fall in and and try and empathize with with those around you um i think that's that's certainly a cornerstone of of being in a well i think a successful society
1: yeah and then just talking about how People are, you know, driven to be in a political party or affiliation one way or the another, based on you know the potential to maintain and grow your own wealth. Um, I don't know if you've seen Senator uh, Burr from North Carolina. I don't know if you saw recently that he's
0: insider, insider trading or something. Yeah, like, that. Like,
1: was, weeks befo- like weeks before, like weeks before, a week or two before. Um, coronavirus was made aware to the public I think there was a meeting with a lot of the senators like hey heads up this is going to be a big deal and um, we're going to announce it and we're going to try to find ways to shut it down because we're realizing that this is actually real and this is going to impact everyone and then he sold off uh, a, a ton of stocks before you know, a major announcement was made, and I think it was up to $1.4 million, which would have been way less uh, value after, you know, everything came out. Yeah. And uh, I think he's probably in, in hot water for that because it's not just mere coincidence as he's suggesting that, <laughs> oh, I mean, I just thought it was a good time to sell. I didn't even think uh, about coronavirus impacting it at all which is bs and yeah you know, nancy pelosi's done the same thing in the past so it happens on both sides but it's just uh it's insane how i'm sure it'll be swept under the rug eventually you know? yeah oh yeah for sure but it's just wild how stuff like that you know within within government um it just seems to be certain certain people and certain subjects are above the law no matter how egregious the crimes are or appear to be and if it was you know well martha stewart she actually went to jail so um, and she did the same exact thing
0: yeah that's so true yeah That, that that really bothers me about that's another thing that really bothers me about politics you know, it's funny, like, I don't get angry about, like, people expressing their opinions as Democrat or Republican or anything. I just get mad at politics in general. It, that something about that just really rubs me the wrong way. Just the, the immense amount of bias in favor of, like, politicians in general, like the lobbying efforts and all that. But also exactly what you just mentioned, right? The, the you know, the, the the same thing can be happening to a politician And like it maybe makes the news, right? And people talk about it, and then maybe they're like, "Well, I will step down from this council (laughs) because as punishment for myself." Yeah, exactly. And then (laughs) I did nothing
1: wrong, but I don't want to bring more attention to this particular council.
0: Exactly. And then, but then, like, ultimately, it just leads to nothing. Like, nothing happens. Fizzles out. Exactly. Like, we need to hammer these people like real quick just super fast with extreme power and just knock them out of politics and like ban them forever yeah like they can never enter politics ever again like really harsh punishments and it needs to be universal across both parties
1: yeah and it it, it reminds me of uh the jeffrey epstein situation too where it's yes. just like yes hey well this is what happened I guess so let's move on and there's a new documentary coming out on Netflix next week about it which I which I saw um a trailer for which looks pretty crazy cuz it's uh it's just talking about who he was and what he was doing and a lot of testimony from women who were then girls at the time who were on his island and yeah just a lot of crazy stuff and a lot of people like you know he knew all these powerful people and he knew what they were doing at this island that he owned and we don't know what they were doing because he's dead now and why would he be dead who knows maybe people didn't want him to uh, dispel that information so it just go, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent about him again, but uh, it's kind of similar when you look at the government level, like they can easily just be like, ah, we'll handle it internally or right. don't worry about it or just let it kind of fade away into the background. Meanwhile, look at this, you know, get distracted yeah. by that. So, yeah. but if, it was, an, if yeah. it was you or I, I mean, we'd be done, we'd be, Oh, for sure. We'd be going to court right now, and just bankrupt already from lawyers' fees, uh, and slammed in the in the media and stuff. But whatever.
2: Yeah, Prince Andrew's like, I'll just step down from royal duties. I'll go live in my fifty thousand square foot castle. Bye, everyone. Like, no, mate. <laughs> like, you knew what he was doing. He'd already been arrested for paedophilia. And you went back and you're seen in New York being friends with him and staying in his townhouse. It's like, oh, no, I needed a place to stay in New York. Well, You've got enough money. Yeah. I mean, the, the stuff that <laughs> this guy said is remarkable. In His interview, you can see he's lying. You don't need a lie detector. You could just see it. And, like, he got a picture with his, around some 17-year-old American girl in his townhouse. And he goes, that's not my townhouse the journalist says it is then he goes oh yeah i met her in the nightclub uh i didn't give her drink so i don't even know where the bar is in that nightclub i mean you're in the vip we just it's so obvious (laughs) it's just a creepy creepy prince that is gonna get away with it just like the rest of them are because he's rich
0: yeah yeah ultimately it's funny because this is the kind of attitude i mean granted we're in like modern times but this is the kind of blasé attitude that people have had you know in the past and what ended up coming out of that kind of that uh that arrogance that uh the people that are in power have is that you end up having revolutions and stuff like that and to be frank i don't i don't i'd be terrified if i were in the united states and there was a revolution that would be that I mean, you, you'll have like revolutions in like I don't know, all kinds of different other countries, but and it's it's certainly terrifying there as well. I mean, if you're I don't know looking at Iraq or wherever it might be, but think about that happening in the United States. That would be that would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I mean, there's and more I, guns than people, so yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, people exactly. are
1: heavily armed, and and even more so now after coronavirus i mean gun sales just went through the roof yeah uh, i'm seeing more and more social media posts about um <clears throat> the boogaloo the boogaloo what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know a hundred percent it. i had to look it up recently because i kept seeing okay. <clears throat> stuff and it's just about like The boogaloo refers to when, you know, basically revolution or a civil war breaks out in the United States, like people gearing up for the boogaloo. So if you see that term, it's uh, that's pretty much what it means, (laughs) usually accompanied with a guy um, with an assault rifle um,
2: at Subway. (laughs)
0: who the who the hell came up with that term the boogaloo
2: like, i don't know but <laughs> like i pick the side with the government the side the armies are on the side i'll be on the people that walk around and try and defy the u.s government and they go in the michigan's courthouse or state house with machine guns right. and sort of lean over the the side of the balcony and look down at the politicians to be threatening them I mean. If you think you're going to beat the U.S. Army with your AR-15 in your 150 rounds, while you're a fat redneck that can't run 100 yards without throwing up because you're drinking 20 natural lights a light, I mean you're an absolute moron. And sadly, there's 50 million of those sort of people in this country that are heavily armed and literally think that the the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment was to bring down the tyranny of a government yeah sorry <laughs> but guy but the guns have changed the guns have changed two ways they've got from a brown basket a brown yeah brown best musket that took you 30 seconds to load if you're an amazing red coat soldier and trained to people that have machine guns now but it changed on the other side too it changed from the the government having those muskets to now having stealth bombers and drones and stuff i mean yeah if, if they want to use like Iraq and Afghanistan as examples and and why the US military forces couldn't succeed there it's because they weren't allowed to just go and shoot every villager they had to take out people that are terrorists and blending in if they wanted mm. to fly over Montana and eliminate a city it would be done in 2 seconds so this whole bring down a tyrannical government is the absolute absolute most ludicrous crap i've ever heard and i think one of the worst things here about guns and a lot of other things are these draconian ideas from 1776 when they're written down why have they never been changed other things have been changed the bible and the constitution are the only two things that people sort of think are what god's law concrete they can never be changed of course things can be changed there's evidence that refutes both as stupid why can't we change them
0: yeah that's oh for sure i i I definitely agree with your last point i will say to the the one thing that i think that everybody should do is i think across both party lines and relate in relation to the government is i think we definitely need to empower each other. I, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I do think that Democrats need to empower Republicans, and Republicans need to empower Democrats when it comes to po- politicians, regardless of the side. And you know, just like what Kyle was talking about with uh, with Senator Burr, is if you can clearly see that this person is taking advantage of their position, like it, it, it should be a no brainer. It doesn't matter what side they're on. Like, the, the more that we, like, bicker amongst one another, and, you know, I, I don't even know which side he was on, if he's Republican or, or Democrat. Do you guys know by any chance?
2: Oh, he's definitely a Republican, yeah. But okay. you can argue okay. this, uh, Nick and Kyle, that you're allowed to sell stocks at any time. No matter what he knew in those meetings, you can always sell and trade stocks. It would be more, I guess, uh, damning for him if he flipped all his stocks in a certain you know business field and invested heavily in Netflix and Amazon because he knew everyone's going to be at home and receiving packages from Amazon and they're going to be watching Netflix on TV and and it'd be more damning even if he knew about Roche and the deal that they're going to have with the government and and things like that 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 would be really bad on his part but if he's just selling stocks he's always going to have a leg to stand on in court and say hey everyone sells stocks on this day i wasn't the only one that sold my stocks on this day look at the other hundred thousand americans
0: right yeah that's i mean that's that's certainly true you're right if he had bought stocks in netflix or just done other things that were very targeted specific to what could happen based on you know what projected could happen um that's that would certainly be more damning but my point being that if you do have situations like that like let's take it to an extreme and say that that did happen and like a bunch of other incriminating pieces of evidence are there i think that um i think republicans have a duty to the entire united states to then empower democrats and have an equal amount of outcry because if similar to what we were talking about, society like you, you need to think about how this will affect you also in the future. Like you, you need to be able to project like, hey, if if a Democrat were to do this, like I would want this to happen as well. It's not about party lines, then. It's about holding the government officials accountable for what they do. Like the Epstein situation, you know, whatever, how, whatever you end up believing about the Epstein situation. I mean, there are just so many different examples of. Of officials that that do stuff that's clearly illegal, and normal people, quote unquote, normal people get effed in those situations, and they just walk away. Like, just time passes. That's what happens. They get a few articles written about them. Maybe they they have some sort of bullshit, you know, little council that gets together. Like, hey, did you do this? Like, no. Oh well. All right. You know. And then that's it. Like, they, they just walk away. And you, you, we just read about it. Like two years later oh yeah remember this little thing that they had going but you know they're going up for re-election that's just so ridiculous to me well meanwhile you got people in jail because they did the exact same thing like that that is you ah i just feel so strongly people need to empower each other when it comes to that stuff
1: oh no doubt i mean it's just um it's crazy to see situations like that um And how, I don't know, just how disconnected um, the people are from those high high up political figures, you know. And then the disconnection even goes further um, with Joe Biden. I mean, I just don't see him as a as that different to Trump. I mean, based on his history and his track record, um, and he, even his current stance on a lot of things maybe are even more conservative than Trump. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look at his stance on, you know, drugs and, you know, certain States have legalized marijuana and decriminalized marijuana and let people out of jail for minor, marijuana incidents but this is a guy who still thinks that marijuana is a gateway drug and wants people to be prosecuted criminally and you know at the very least heavily fined but I don't know what he's doing to separate himself that much from an ultra conservative person on on that front you know I'm not saying that you know, all drugs should be decriminalized or anything like that. It's a really complex subject, but I think a lot of the population now, I think over 60% are in favor of federally um, legalizing marijuana, and if he wants to get in, you know, touch with uh, a group of people that probably right now don't want to vote for him, they don't want to vote for Trump, and they just want any semblance of something to grasp onto to help justify in their minds like okay i feel like i can actually vote for joe biden i mean that would probably be a good starting point in my opinion because um just the way the trends are going i mean bernie sanders said if he was elected, the first thing he would do would, would to be would to make marijuana legal on a, on a federal level. The very first thing he would do. I mean, not only is it what the people want, but it's a uh, huge economic um, stimulator if, you, if you're able to tax and regulate it safely in the correct way. Um, I don't really know how I got on that. <laughs> topic but but uh, yeah i don't know something <laughs> it's, it's something that uh i think a lot of people you know as we're as we're going into the future it's just like are we really still here with this debate i mean it's i, I don't know i don't know what anyone else has to say about the legalization or any sort of the drug laws but uh, it's something that I've been following for a while now.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. Of course, I agree that it should be completely decriminalized. But um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. It, assuming, let's say that Joe Biden wins this election, I think that the next election he's going to get absolutely destroyed. I I mean because
2: he he, pr- he might not be <laughs> alive. Yeah.
0: I do Well, I was assuming that he was, and then but I was also thinking like because him him like stringing thoughts together and stuff like that and actually having debates cuz even at the beginning of this right i think Kyle was was explaining the whole interview and i mean he he was apparently getting flustered like i've heard that multiple times now he seems to get flustered pretty easily in 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 an interview which is not a great sign when it comes to to a, a leader and i mean say what you will about Donald Trump he's a complete moron but I mean, he he does just, like, attack. If He, he doesn't really get flustered. He just attacks, like, yeah, he, which is he, completely opposite of what Joe Biden yeah, does. Yeah,
1: Joe, yeah, he gets flustered. And, and in a recent thing, uh, you know, he's streaming now from his basement, and I think there's someone with uh, that's on his roof in the basement and just kind of, like, has str- invisible strings uh, on his mouth just doing a puppet sort of show <laughs> <laughs> with him. But he said... Uh, <laughs> He said, we got to do everything in our power to come together and beat Joe Biden. <laughs> and they're like, oh you're God. Joe Biden. Dude. You are Joe oh Biden. God.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> that, is, that is so bad. That's like his, his brain cells just aren't firing. Yeah, then. I mean,
2: I think it's 78, right? 78 years old. I mean, if he was as a CEO of a company he would have been removed by the board 10 years ago You'd be like mate you've lost it like you don't even know how to re- reply to your emails you know you're using a tape recorder to dictate your secretary to type your emails for you i mean he's a, from a different generation he's literally from a different generation and that's why yeah he's from he's getting his rusty razor blade fights from scraping them on the curbs i mean what is he talking <laughs> about but that's why trump and biden don't agree to what a lot of the population believes like things like marijuana laws because they're literally older than some of people's grandparents they're from a generation where it was believed that it was the most awful drug in the world and you'd be shooting up heroin the next day and you'd be a prostitute if you're a 18 year old girl and all you want is drugs if you smoked a joint once and if that's what they grew up with fine but you're too old to lead a country into the future And another thing about people being scared about Biden in four years, and I've always had a problem with this in American politics, is why does the incumbent always get to stand again for his party if he was a crap president? Right. So, like, if Trump's done poorly for four years, and even if you think he's not the worst president in the world, he still didn't do what he promised to do. There's not a giant wall between us and Mexico, and Mexico hasn't paid for shit. Right, they haven't paid for one peso of that wall, so right. it's a complete lie and it's a fraud. If that's what you voted for, he didn't deliver. Why can't we have someone else within his party, even if it was a crazy right-wing Tea Party guy, or girl? Why can't we have them lead the party in the future? Why does it have to be the incumbent? And that's why, if Biden, if he did four years, hopefully we get. Someone like Yang, or so- someone with a different viewpoint as him, but we're always stuck with the incumbent, and I can't stand that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It should just kind of reset so that they have to compete against other people within their their party again.
1: Yeah, it just gives you an automatic ticket to be like, all right, you've you you won the election, and now you potentially, you know, can have access to another eight years without anyone on your own team running against you and there's plenty of other good examples of people who I think would be a lot better than Trump in the Republican Party but everybody's too scared to say anything against him because he'll go on Twitter and call them out with a weird nickname
0: (laughs) oh yeah that's for sure
2: yeah let's transition to something nice a bit bit lighter before the close i'd say i mean we we're politics for 45 minutes straight i feel like (laughs) and right now it's like yeah we're not energized we don't have good choices so we're always going to have bad things to say so my two passions other than history talked about before fantasy football i can't give the podcast without talking about lamar jackson once still love him and he'll still be great next year and i hope the ravens go deep again and then my my i guess my third big passion you touched on it before we started or right at the start is is geography and i think it's a subject that's poorly missed in this country The way the education system works in America is you learn something for a week, you study it for a test, regurgitate it, ace your test, and then you forget about it again. It was never really ingrained in society to know about geography. And a geographic landscape of the globe now, you should know more than just where America is or your state or what the state capitals are. I mean, who gives a crap that Carson City is the capital of Nevada? It's a crappy little town. Why it's not Las Vegas? Who cares? We should know more about where the large populations are and stuff. And uh, I'm new to Reddit. Pretty cool thing. You can obviously choose your subreddits and what you follow. But there's one called Map Porn. Got no porn in it whatsoever. It's just cool-looking maps. But even just this morning, I looked at a map, and it said... Uttar Pradesh, the the most populous state in India, doesn't even have a large city that any America would ever know of. Like New Delhi's not there, Bombay's not there, Calcutta's not there, and they still have two hundred million people. There's only five countries in the world that have a larger population. So China, mm. India, United States, Indonesia, and Brazil. This 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 state has the same population as the entire country of Nigeria. And I bet most Americans wouldn't know either Nigeria or Uttar Pradesh had 200 million people. And no, those people are going to have opinions, right? And they're going to keep growing in population quicker than we are. And we should understand what their viewpoints are.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's that's a hot take. I, just, I definitely have never put that together in my mind before. Yeah, like, so like, if you I mean, just look at a map.
2: There'll be a little circle it's this place in northern india that borders india uh, uh-huh. east of new delhi west of the ganges so i mean west of uh, calcutta so just this big fertile valley in the, in the ganges river so loads of nice stuff could grow there obviously and it has a huge population and if you look at this colored part of the map is almost the entire world other than the US, Brazil, the rest of India and China. And it's just mind blowing to know that all those colored in countries have the same population as this one region. It's a really cool sub-rate. There's another one I saw that showed the murders in South Africa. So it showed just a country of South Africa and that was colored one color and literally like half the world was colored another color and they had the same amount of murders a year. It was crazy. It was like all of Canada, Northwest America, the the Central Plains of America, all of Europe, all of Australia, most of Southeast <laughs> Asia, other parts of Africa, bits of South America had the same murders as just one country. And you're like, wow, like that's crazy.
0: So are you going to be visiting soon?
2: Yeah, I'm not going to go to South Africa. I had a friend that visited there in uni well but i guess in middle school or something you had some uncle that was rich there white guy right i didn't have that many black friends in in union in england because there weren't that many black people that actually lived there like that's another sort of thing of society like if england didn't have slaves we didn't have a big black population that came of it we had people from india and pakistan that came over after the the colonies you know they gained their independence and came to move to england It's a different you know racial background of different countries this is always interesting to learn about but my mate went to South Africa and said white people didn't stop at traffic lights I thought what a crazy racist thing to say and you look at these murders and the murder rates, and you think oh that kind of makes sense why you got a Range Rover and you don't stop at a stoplight because you don't want to get your carjacked and murdered it's just a different way that people live sure.
1: well yeah nice. I mean
2: glad we moved on to the lighter subject of mur- <laughs> <laughs> murder rates. <laughs> Just like murder statistics, like one more time, like everyone in the world that we know of, right, access to ele- electricity and kind of media and history and stuff, they know Jack the Ripper is. He murdered five people, you know, 1888 to 1891. I bet you most Americans have never heard of the most prolific serial killer in the United Kingdom – dr harold shipman murdered 215 to 265 people no one here's ever heard of him it's just Euthanasia type stuff. yeah this guy he was a doctor in manchester in the 90s and he would literally healthy people would come to his surgery and he'd inject him with morphine and kill him and they dug all these bodies up in 1998 and it was like a mind-blowing story in england and how many people this guy had killed, and his wife pretended she didn't know. They only caught him because there's a new coroner in, in the city of Manchester. And he was like, Whoa, this one GP doctor has an insane death rate like 50x all the other doctors in the area. Why are all these people dying? They started digging up bodies and found traces of drugs and sedatives that he'd killed them with, and he just pretended they are heart attacks. I mean, that's one guy in the world. There's 7 billion people during the coronavirus. You bet their life there's some crazy psychopath, serial killing doctor that said people are dying of coronavirus in his surgery and he's just a murderer. But it's just an example that everyone knows Jack the Ripper, no one knows Howard Shipman. Most people know Brazil, no one's heard of Uttar Pradesh. You know, like education is key. And I mean, t- Kyle's touched on this. The more you're educated, the more free you are right like one of the ways that even slaves here in the united states were were put down is because they weren't given access to literature and education they're kind of ruled by fear i guess you know so one of these i don't even know what the guys are called they had like guns and whips and stuff like overseer i guess of slaves that It was by fear right they could shoot one bullet and they had a whip and they had 150 slaves on a big plantation and they didn't rise against them even though really two of them could have died and they could have overtaken the place but they weren't educated to know where they could travel to outside of that plantation what the world was like if they could start a free state somewhere or something like without education people are easily ruled by fear and you can see that all over the world where people, the literacy literacy rate is low and it kind of goes hand in hand with centralized governments that are autocratic and have complete power and they don't let those people have a voice. Sorry, Harper'd on that. Wasn't very nice, but Lamar Jackson would be good. Got to go back to nicer things. What's your take on the Ravens this year, Nick? If we have football, care. and I think we will.
0: I don't care. I <laughs> <He> don't care. <laughs> no. But you um, I
1: mean you mentioned one thing about um you know immigration to England in particular by people in Pakistan and India and uh Middle East and um <clears throat> what is the overall like view I mean we know how the immigration situation is looked at on some people in the political spectrum here in the United States uh, when dealing with Mexico in particular, but is there a similar feeling? I mean, I know a lot of Brexit stemmed from immigration-inspired issues because I think a lot of people in England felt like their culture was in, in danger of fading away, like Britishness was potentially in danger of fading away due to um, immigration coming in at such a high and heavy volume. Um, And it's just a hard conversation, but I don't know if you have a little bit more info on that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I haven't lived in England for a long time. I visited my sister there and her family and went to uni there 15 years ago, but it's the same as here. There's always fear from the right, fear from the older generation. My parents being included, they think there's nobody's going to have a job because Poles and Turks are going to come over and undercut English people's wages to do jobs cheaper. Yeah, of course they are. But if you look at their countries or look at the Middle East, for example, they got McDonald's and KFC and stuff. That's, that's us, you know, Influencing our culture on their region. We've got no right to do that like there's The world's shrunk, you know, incredibly. So we've gone from Flying a paper plane in 1903 to 66 years later landing a guy on the moon So of course the world shrank so much that globalization grew at a rate that we weren't ready for i guess and that generation wasn't ready for and they're beginning i guess to die out baby boomers and hopefully the next generation will be more accepting of different cultures different people's religions and past experiences but sadly the case is no for a lot of those but there was a the demographic of the vote the brexit vote in england was very much the older and you know that that generation had a fear that england was going to well uk is going to pay more to be in the european union what they get out of it and there'll be an influx of more polish lettuce pickers and all that sort of stuff and i'm sorry but it's kind of like the hispanic culture here people that first move that first generation are going to work harder and for a less of a wage than what i guess the the native population would be but the second generation they'll be probably just like us they'll be lazy and then there'll be an influx of a different people from a different country that's kind of how the world's going to work for the next part of human history and we have gotta be ready for it but hopefully they'll assimilate and and become part of your culture too and they'll be you know like a They'll morph together and form like a a more cohesive culture where I mean in England you can get an amazing curry. everyone likes that from from India and Pakistan uh, I'm sure Polish food is going to come over when you know, all all of their sort of farm workers and farm hands came over and you look at America and most Americans will probably say their favorite cuisine is Mexican that's yeah. just that's how globalization works, and it'll continue to work.
1: Nick, your rebuttal?
0: Uh, yes, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> um, my favorite food is actually not Mexican. It's pizza. Oh.
2: One day, they were immigrants too, right? Early 1900s, shit ton of Italians came over. You know, this will blow your mind, this step, right? In 1840 there were 6.8 million Irish people that lived on the, the island itself, so Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland together. Four point, no, 6.8 million, 1840. Today, there's 4.7 million. So that's one thing is a potato famine. In my country, the UK didn't do enough to come over and, and you know, give a short give more food to where the people couldn't grow potatoes. And the other part is the ones that didn't die left. Why are you going to starve to death? You're going to, you're going to leave to America, right? And there's not many countries in the world that you can say in 180 years, your population is less than it was 180 years ago. You just can't see that. And people move when times are tough. And you always want to move and, and better your family, right? Like, I just don't think we have the right to say you can't change yourself for the better.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think over time, uh, I mean, you mentioned globalization. I do think that culture in general is going to start to morph. And it's, it's not going to be timeline based, meaning that you're not going to necessarily have, uh, you know, this is English culture. And it's been English culture for X amount of time. And we are resistant to other cultures coming in. Like, I'm, I'm hoping that eventually things will be. I guess the term is like a melting pot or whatever, where, where culture. I is like just the culture. toss
2: salad it's better. Toss My, salad, I had a yeah. gay U.S. history teacher here when I was seventeen, and he goes, "The U.S. is not so much a melting pot, but it's more a toss salad," and <laughs> the class burst into laughter. <laughs> There was a twinkle okay, well,
0: in his eye when he said it. Oh, It was one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> twinkle in his eye. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so just generally cultures are going to start becoming more of like one cohesive unit of just culture in general, as opposed to this is British culture, this is Indian culture, this is, you know, a subsection of Indian culture. You know, it's not going to break up as much, which I, I think has positives and negatives.
2: You know, like British culture, really, if you think about it, it's kind of crap, you know? It was a culture was having a big boat with guns on it and go sailing all over the world and sticking a flag in and claiming it for yours and saying, can you grow tea here? It's sweet, we'll take it. And then we'll trade it back to the other places that we've already stolen. It's not the greatest culture, you know? There's a lot of cultures, if you look at them, you're like, yours is a bit shit. And hopefully those ones kind of die out and they... <laughs> grow into something better but like really if you look about england is proud people think about world war Two and we banded together and defeated the nazis and that sort of stuff but if you look about what my country did 250 300 years ago it's pretty terrible but just because england didn't shouldn't give a right to china and the u.s to do it now we should learn from our faults but it doesn't really seem we're doing that
0: yeah, but that was England.
2: This is the United yeah, States. Portugal of did it. France, <laughs> Germany. That's that's what England says too. That's their defense. <laughs> Where well, everyone else was doing it, we were just a bit better than they were. Yeah, it doesn't make it the best. If you look at one example, it, in like I think 1889, they had a conference in Berlin to divide Africa amongst the European countries. Go okay, Belgium, you can have Congo. France, you can have Algeria. We, England goes can we have Egypt all the way to South Africa because we've already built a railroad we'd like to keep it and Germans go oh we'll get Tanzania and Namibia I mean the African people didn't get to come their leaders and kings and emperors and stuff they didn't get to come to Berlin to decide the only Ethiopia you know they were the only ones that got to keep their own country Abyssinia back in the day and then the Italians go oh we'll have that too later I mean who does that hopefully that would never ever happen again i think we got to a stage where china and america even though they probably potentially economically and militarily could other countries say come on man it's not the 19th century you can't do that anymore
0: well can't is a strong word i don't think can't is really the right word it's you don't want to do that because it hurts the world in general but i think i, I okay so uh, I don't want to go go too much into this, but, like, I've thought about this quite a bit. I, I, I do think that people sometimes get so caught up in kind of the social idea of what we can and can't do. In all reality, so sh- like, the, the social idea of what we can't do doesn't mean jack shit. It's really about the most powerful... Whoever's the most powerful has the most power. Therefore, they can they can do anything that they want. It's But we as kind of society in general across like not just the united states not just across like particular countries across the entire globe we choose not to do that because and we consider it as something that we can't do because we choose that we shouldn't do it i think that's probably the more appropriate way to go about it and i completely agree with that aspect but i just don't want people to get get it confused like if if i'll I'll use an analogy of like you You put a, I don't know, a chameleon in in a cage with a tiger and then you tell the tiger you can't kill the chameleon like that. That doesn't register. Like That's not not exactly fair to what reality really is. Does does that make sense? Am I kind of making sense here? Yeah,
2: Tiger's going to fuck that comedian up. (laughs) Right, yeah. Well,
1: cats are curious,
2: though. I don't know. (laughs) It will take off the limbs first, play with it for an hour, and then put it out of its misery. Let's put it that way. I got three cats, and they come downstairs, and there's like a roach on my wooden floor. And I go, oh, it's dead. I'll get it with a paper towel and I go to pick it up and the thing is just a body and his little eyes are moving. It's alive and it's got no legs. I'm like, cats oh, are you. horrific. Cats us, and dolphins. Just kill for pleasure. Cats are crazy.
1: Killer whales, too. Yeah.
2: Killer whales. Killer whales are freaky. I don't know. People that would go swimming in the open ocean and they see a a killer whale or a dolphin and go well they've never killed a man before like how do you know that like i would be out of the water <laughs> in an instant yeah.
0: so would i yeah. Yeah.
2: the yeah. wolves of
1: the sea only a few can connect with them and i happen to be one of those um, <laughs> i don't know if you saw free willy but that's based on my
2: childhood
0: <laughs> okay okay full cycle back uh, to
2: drugs though Dolphins, uh, other than us, apparently the only animals that take drugs for pleasure. Really? Yeah. I so they they go up to puffer fish, and they scare them and make them like shoot out their ink, and then they suck yeah. it all up and get high. And then like they could do crazy spins and go like crazy for like next five ten minutes. Hmm. <laughs> they're they're incredibly <laughs> smart. They just yeah. don't have like thumbs and stuff. You know, they just got flippers, but. You can see, like, Rick and Morty episodes and stuff. If those guys had limbs, like, they'd be challenging us. They're a crazy, intelligent animal. They're just stuck in the ocean, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Evolution fucked them over. <laughs> 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 you stay there. We got man. out. Of the water, out. <laughs> flashback to a fish that slowly grows
2: the limbs. <laughs> yeah, I came from a rib. What are you talking about? Yeah. I didn't. I did not, I did not get out of the water. I'm Garden of Eden all the way, baby. It says it on like the second page. Come on. Oh, yeah, it's true. That's, a, that's something. <laughs> that's you
0: that's yeah, I can trace oh, back like 10,
2: 10 grandfathers back, four thousand years and it says rib baby it says McRibs is sm- McRibs Haynes. <laughs>
0: uh, that's good I did uh before we, before we end I did want to get your guys' opinion on uh, Joe Rogan oh, going yeah. to uh, Spotify for a hundred million dollars allegedly yeah
1: well yeah I mean we kind of texted about it a little bit earlier in the week um I don't know, I looked into it a little bit. I think it's uh, it's like a multi-year deal that is up to potentially a hundred million dollars. Either way, he's doing pretty well for himself uh, with whatever the amount is. Um, but I don't know, it seems like the reason um, he's doing it is because A, probably the money is the first thing I mean it's hard to turn that money down but in the past he's made mention of being deep uh, monetized or YouTube taking his content down based on things that maybe people have talked about or something that they didn't like and I think he wants to be on a particular platform where he can do live streaming and not have the fear of uh taking the episode down without a proper explanation um but i mean i don't know it's it's still going to be a free show um and i don't know the intricate details of anything i don't know that he's said anything on it other than just this is what's happening um but i know it'll be everything will be only on spotify and they're going to enable a video sort of thing just for him on spotify Mm. as well so i don't know i don't know enough to really say like it's a weird move it's a bad move but i mean i could see the potential pros and cons certainly but you know you'd have to be a fool to turn down 100 million dollars at the end of the day as well so we'll see if it really impacts the show
0: yeah.
2: It's gonna be a lot of wells for the pygmies and conga, that's all I know. <laughs>
0: that's such a good point, that's true.
2: Yeah. But I just uh, think he could be a bit detached from reality now. He kinda of already is, you know, friends with like Musk and stuff like that and he's interviewing senators. Sure he's got comedian friends and UFC fighters and stuff that come on there, but with a hundred million dollars, like is he gonna have the same viewpoint as a lot of Americans, you know, even in a quarantine, you know he's yeah. like oh lockdown it's like you gotta go for your sh- sauna yeah, and yeah, then yeah. then you know then you get massaged here by your masseuse and you do i mean like no one's got this stuff joe you got probably like a ridiculous mansion and a pool and like people don't have what you have already and that's only gonna get you know accentuated more right it's gonna be more and more just become one of these wealthy people that goes on podcasts more than a podcaster with a neutral opinion of his own
0: yeah oh that's yeah that's certainly true i uh i think the 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 deal is is good but i don't think it's great um mainly because i mean sure he's making a ton of money and i think he's uh, obviously he's going to be keeping the ip for himself which is incredibly important like that's the most important thing um but i will say that one you're you're limiting your your stream like i know that spotify is capturing that audience as much as possible he's still going to lose some just because some people uh don't want to switch over to spotify or whatever but i think the biggest loss is actually youtube i know that you you mentioned kyle that he he gets demonetized and he does and he complains about that and i certainly understand that frustration but you have to think of youtube as a search function as well and people do not use spotify as a search function so that's and tell me i mean his podcast is so big that it, it's captured so many people that it's still going to get out there and it's still going to like gain traction or gain more traction. More people are going to hop on board. But I do think it's going to slow down the speed at which it's growing so i think in that regard it's it's not great but they they did mention that he will still be allowed to post like YouTube clips, clips yeah. of the which is that's really important if if they had said no youtube whatsoever i would have honestly said this is a bad deal even though he's making a hundred million dollars because i think youtube is so important for him to to be able to to get the word out more about his podcast
1: yeah i mean he gets 190 million downloads a month. Yeah. Which is far beyond any news major news outlet combined, you know, as far as viewership goes and then you see his YouTube videos and every single one no matter who it is is at least 2 million views, you know, within the first couple of days just because like right. That's just how powerful his show is and how powerful, you know, youtube's connection to the podcasting world has become i mean every podcast now it seems like that has gained traction you know is now also offering an audio or a visual a video format too because you know people thought initially hey people don't have that long of an attention span and then they found that oh wow actually people are going to listen to three hours of something And then we'll see if they'll actually watch three hours of something too. It turns out they will. Um, So yeah, not having that ease of transition, you know, everybody's on YouTube, no matter what. Everybody is like has easy access to YouTube, and Spotify is easy to you know access as well. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, it's it's a lot. It's just going to take a long time to rewire people's brains to to now start using Spotify because not everybody uses Spotify. So I get what you're saying with that as far as as YouTube and Spotify is buying up a lot of podcasts as well. So they're kind of becoming a monopoly in, in that sense. And that could be a negative down the road also yeah. is associated with this
0: but we yeah. shall see yeah i mean kyle do you uh do you want to tell people about our deal that we well you i, <laughs> I
2: was gonna say like if you're gonna switch over from joe rogan because he's too rich now is on spotify go to Home Spun yak
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah well we just uh we put the uh ink to paper on a new on a new deal with YouTube recently um (laughs) gonna be uh sponsored by um baby Ruth (laughs) um no uh we're trying to make a YouTube channel but (laughs) I'm I'm terrible with it so far um just trying to upload it just to see just to experiment with different formats really it's just mostly out of boredom but obviously we don't have a video version but I think you know it'd be cool to capture another potential audience with with YouTube as well because so many people like I said are on it just to listen
2: if not watch as well why could you not do a video we could Uh, do like split screen like halo golden eye style be great
0: sure (laughs) (laughs) i i I do a lot of video production stuff and let me tell you it's not easy (laughs) like like editing a podcast just the the voice aspect is can be challenging but we do it pretty quickly like we just kind of record it and then we do a little bit of editing and then we just throw it up there so it's not a problem but if you're doing video sometimes you can have some serious complications that are a absolute bitch to deal with
1: no excuses (laughs) (laughs) says
0: says the other (laughs) podcast host (laughs) Nick's like
2: I'm trying to cure coronavirus. like YouTube video. They're like, ooh, just too tough. <laughs> What's your priority, man?
0: It feels that way. <laughs> like Michael Jackson oh. said, Shimon. <laughs> <Shamo>, man. <laughs> well, I think on that <clears throat> note, we'll uh, we'll we'll leave it here. What do you guys say?
1: uh yeah i think uh that's a good good way to end um any parting words will
2: sounds good vote biden that's how happy (laughs) i sound about that you heard it here he endorsed joe biden
1: that's his official endorsement
2: (laughs) oh my god that is horrific but sadly i do at this point (laughs) yeah
0: that's the
1: state of things everybody
2: tune in next week
0: yep and we'll see you
1: later